Today we're speaking with ex-defense lawyer Yvonne. She pulled the pin after reflecting on the line she read in a book, Ask me what I have done is my life. Yvonne realized that she was a privileged woman with Nigerian roots and suddenly saw the sense of urgency to pay forward. So one Monday, she handed in her resignation from her comfortable corner office job in a New York law firm. Yvonne will also share with us what this decision meant financially, who inspired her and what success means for her. Welcome to the Brave Transition Podcast. Your hosts are Peggy Titmarsh and Cindy Hurley-Leister. Hi, Yvonne. So great to have you on our podcast today. Thanks for joining and welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, great. And of course, as usual, we have Peggy on the line as well. So hi, Peggy. Hi to both of you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> yeah, all over, we're, we're spread all around the world, right? And we met mm-hmm. you, Yvonne, through um, Helen, right, who has joined our podcast some episodes ago. So yeah, thank you for again for making the time. And um, I mean, as usual, we start with, you know, the biggest question and the most important question right in the beginning, which is, you know, what was your bravest transition? And um, would you, you know, tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've had quite quite a few transitions um, in my life. I, I think any any woman who has got who's gone from singlehood to, to being married, you know, has quite a life transformative transition. Anyone who's, you know, gone from you know, being a, a wife to a mother. Um, and, you know, then, I, then mm. I've also, um, I, but I would say that one of, um, one of the most challenging and most rewarding, I think, was my transition out of um, corporate America as, as, a, as, a, as a legal malpractice defense lawyer um, into starting my own non-for-profit uh, Pathfinders Justice Initiative, um, which is an NGO um, that seeks to eradicate sex trafficking um, from my home country, uh, Nigeria, uh, about, uh, this was about seven, seven years, seven years ago. So I, I've had a few transitions yeah. over, over the years that I, that, wow. um, <laughs> uh, but, but this one, I think would probably be, you know, probably have been, been the scariest, um, and one that took uh, the most courage, uh, and, um, and ultimately, um, was also very fulfilling. Yeah. And, and, and thanks for pointing out, I mean, the transitions that is, you know, as women we have in our lives, right? Like from, um, yeah, you said, you know, finding a partner and then starting a family, if that's what we want. And then, and, and that's often what we focus on. And then in our work life, right, it also takes courage and, and bravery to, to then move, like to leave something behind and move into something that we really care about. So, um, you know, it's always really, it makes us curious, like what kind of digging deeper into those moments when you said, you know, it was scary and, and, and yet you found, the, found the courage to, you know, to move through it. So, you know, can, could you, could you share that a little bit with, you know, with us and, and our audience, how, what, what was that like? Like, how did you get to those, even those moments, you know, to, to realize, okay, you need to make a change. Yeah, you know, I think sitting here today, I can look back now and, you know, say with courage and conviction, right, that, um, you know, your life 
uh, you owe it right to your life in, in a certain way um, to show up and as yourself, right? To show up yeah. and do what your life has been beckoning uh, for you to do. And and um, you know, but I don't think you know. If you'd asked me this seven years ago, I probably <laughs> would not have had. <laughs> The same level of conviction and um, and boldness to 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 say that statement, but um, you know I I had um, you know I I'm from Nigeria, which is um, and I'm from Benin City, Edo State, and you know I I over the years um, growing up, I think I've you know I ultimately came to the conclusion. Um, from just seeing the level of patriarchy and subjugation um, and objectification, I think of women's bodies mm. across the globe in general. But I think particularly, um, you know, I, I've 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 concluded in in many ways um, that the bodies of African women. Um, tend to be the most weaponized um, mm. human resource in the world. And, and I had seen that um, over, over the decades of my life. Um, and at this point I was, um, I was about to turn 40 and I'd been working, you know, I've been practicing law, which I still don't understand why they call it practicing, but I had been practicing for a long time, uh, <laughs> over a decade. I think I was coming up on my 13th year and, oh, wow. um, and just started to get this, um, you know, sense of urgency about about um, what was happening in my home country. And, you know, I think for for someone like me who, you know, I was a, I had the, you know, corner office, I was, you know, very comfortable, um, you know, supervising eight other lawyers um, with 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 another uh, lawyer. I was, you know, also part of um, um, managing uh, one of our satellite offices. And I think, you know, for a black woman in America, you know, this was probably the epitome of, of success, right? Like yes. Success and in the legal people. space, I mean, I, I, I worked for lawyers for seven years, right? Including oh, God, five years, yeah, including the US and they put so much effort into, into, yeah, really having more women and black women or women of color in, in, in the corner office, right? So there aren't right. many, like, I mean, there are many, a lot of other spaces, but in the legal space, it's, yeah, it's very rare. So well done for that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, what pulled you into that? What, what pulled you into the legal profession? You know, I was, I was starving. I was, <laughs> I say, I was hungry. Um, hungry no. for what? For well, the con office yeah, or literally for yeah, food? Yeah, no, I was hungry for food. Um, oh, wow. Um, I, no, no, I was, um, I'm being a little bit facetious, but okay. yeah, it was the first, as far as the job was concerned, it was, it was, um, you know, it was something that I, I always, you know, my parents growing up, um, and I'm sure, you know, you'll hear a lot of um, Nigerian um, people, you know, talk about how, how valuable education is uh, to, to their parents and to their families. Mm. And so my parents ultimately, I think, thought this was, a, a, you know, a good path. Um, so we only had two options. It was either law or medicine. And so my younger, oh. my older brother had chosen um, medicine. And, and, and I, you know, from a young age, I've always had this sort of um, rebellious, like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So, um, well, I'll do whatever the other thing is. So, and that was law. And I had no idea what it was. But um, that was, you know, sort of, you know, the path that my parents, I think, thought, you know, also would fit my personality um, <laughs> as, as a young child who was who was always questioning and mm. um, and um, 
responsive and um, defensive and you know protective in many ways and so I end all good up, traits um, for lawyers right I mean yeah definitely. I can see the fit there yeah <laughs> and, and interestingly also also for the work that I ultimately um, um, I'm currently doing uh, with, with with women and girls and so um, I you know transitioned into you know from you know doing a um, my undergraduate degree and then you know ultimately going to law school in England and um, decided, okay, I'll, you know, let, let's give let this, let's give this a go. And you know, I think the first time I put that British um, barrister's wig on my on my beautiful black head, I thought this does not this is not the right match for me. I just cannot I cannot I cannot wear this look for the rest of my life. And so um, I told my mother, please take as many pictures as you want because I'm going over to America where. Um, there's no wig yeah they're <laughs> punching judges in the courtroom and jumping over over uh, turnstiles and um and um you know seemed to fit a bit more in my personality type and so she took as many pictures and that really was the last time I had that barrister's wig on my head um but I moved I then moved uh, to the U.S. and started you know started practicing uh law but um but just to continue on, on what I was saying I was there was a weekend where um I had just been thinking about Everything that had been that has has been happening um, over um, over all the decades, particularly to the bodies of women and girls, um, and I started reading a book uh, called "Let Your Life Speak" um, by an author named Parker Palmer, mm-hmm. and um, I came across a line in a poem that said, "Ask me whether what I've done is my life," and I, I and for whatever reason that line just resonated um, in my spirit. Like the whole weekend, I just kept thinking, "Ask me whether what I've done in my." life is my life um and i i concluded um no absolutely not my life has been urging me um mm. to really um stand in a space of being an amplifier right stand in a space of of giving voice um to um to of amplifying the voices of of women and girls who were not in a position to do that on their own because everybody has a voice it's um it just tends to be muted um, in certain circumstances by, by systemic injustice or racism or xenophobia, whatever the situation is. And, um, and so I, 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 you know, I, I thought about that for a long time that weekend. And on Monday, um, I had the sense of urgency that I, this was the right time to leave. And so I handed my resignation letter in to my senior partner who I had worked with um, you know, 10 of 13 of the years I'd been practicing. And um, I think, you know, he thought I was having a midlife crisis. And, uh, and he says, you know, maybe just take some time, you know, um, take six months, why don't you think about this? Like, you know, you are, you know, this is, you know, who does this? Who, who makes this kind of transition, particularly over a weekend? Over a weekend, I was gonna ask, yeah, wow. <laughs> particularly over a weekend. And I just said, you know what? I just, I, I just feel that this is the right time um, for me, for me to go. And so, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, very, um, I'm, I'm not sure he believed me at first. Um, and he said, you know, take, take six months, you know, just, you know, just maybe you need some time to think about it. Cause I was also, I was going through a divorce at the same time. Mm. Um, and, um, and, uh, and so he said, you know, your real job will be waiting for you when you get back. And I said, look, I'm, you know, Michael, I'm, I'm not coming back. I, I really mm. do feel that this is what my life has been calling and beckoning for me to do. And um, at the time it did not feel very um, brave and courageous. It felt more like a sense of urgency. Like you have, you have to go, to. you cannot stay, um, 
stay here any longer because this is not what you were intended to do. Wow, there's so many things happened over the weekend, but also it sounds like a <laughs> bit, you know, when you were saying that we put on this, you were in, in um, your lawsuit, let's say the first time, and you already felt it was really right. Would you say that's when it all kind of started? Well, no, I think even before that, um, you know, I, because, you know, my parents um, were both in, in ministry and so they would take us with them wherever they would travel to. So we would, you know, as a young child, I'd been, you know, to several African countries, I'd been to some European countries, I'd been, you know, over to the United States. Um, and so I was able to, you know, I had the benefit of, of seeing life from the perspective of many different women and girls. And so I, I was in some countries where you would see human rights being exploited, and then you'd go to other countries where, you know, things would have appear to be working or based on systems and, and, and rules. And um, there was such disparity. And so the lens through which I saw the world um, was so disparate. Um, mm. And I just couldn't understand why there was not the same level of respect for human life um, in one place um, that seemed to be based on the value of your currency on the market. You know, it seemed as if, you know, the stronger your currency was, the more respect um, there was and the more value there was to your life. And I couldn't understand um, why that was, um, why we, we as the world collectively had allowed that to be the case to the point where the country of your birth and to whom you were born in that country ultimately determined um, what you could achieve. And so that was always something that never sat well um, with me. And um, I think in my mind, even through all those years when I was practicing, um, I would always you know, go back to that. There would be something that would happen where there would be a reminder, there would be um, some level of conviction, there would be some level of connection that, that, that led me to believe that what I was currently doing, i.e. practicing, um, was ultimately what, what, not what I was supposed to be doing. And so I think when I started thinking about the transition, um, I knew, um, I think my, that was one of the ways my life was speaking to me um, when I put that wig on and it's, it was like, oh, this is not, this doesn't fit um, yeah. me in this particular way. Um, and, but I think my life had been giving me many, many cues along the way to say, um, you know, ultimately what you're supposed to do is what is the way that I like to define purpose, which is that unique creative energy that you bring into a space that mm -hmm. not only ignites hope within yourself, but also ignites hope in other people. And so it's rare to be able to find that combination where there's hope and excitement and joy that's ignited in you as the, as the visionary. Um, but it's also something that's automatically ignited in other people when you're walking in that purpose, yeah. right? And so um, I never really connected both of those two things um, in my law practice. And it wasn't until I transitioned um, to start to do the work that I'm doing now that I recognized, wow, this is my unique creative energy that's igniting hope, not just in myself, but in other people as well. Yeah, and this is what life, kind of how life lets you speak, right? I love that. I love that quote mm -hmm. and that um and finding that uniqueness and and i mean you already shared quite a bit around you know how you got to that turning point and how it built up even and it sounds unconsciously right it built up from very like a very small age but then 
one thing is how it builds up um, through your life experiences, but then the other thing is really noticing it, right? And and mm -hmm. noticing that sense of urgency and and then also, yeah, and then acting on it, right? So over that weekend that you share where you're suddenly like, I need to act on this if I don't act on this now, you know? Like the sense of yeah. urgency is, or you know, you, you yeah, you you, you want to yeah. use your time well and wisely. And exactly. yeah, and and it's yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing kind of your your process around this because often we forget that it's really, you know, also allowing it to emerge and 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 seeing it, you know, and then acting on it. Right. And I think, you know, one thing that it's important to note is that I think a lot of times people tend to think, oh, you know, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And we try to, we sort of envision it in this, um, in this sort of positive way. So either there is, mm -hmm. you know, there's your, 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 um, you know, you hear this, you know, there's a voice that comes out of somewhere, you have You're a an dream epiphany, right? Yeah. yeah, there's a <laughs> moment of, you know, but there's also, I think for me, um, interestingly, it was, it was really subtle, um, consistent um, beckoning over the mm. years, right? And I like to describe it as, you know, um, as a person of faith for me, I, I, I describe it as God giving me this gift of discomfort, right? So mm. I never really fit anywhere else. Like there was always, uh, you know, and, and it's ironic because even though I was, I was practicing law, I was doing very well, right? So I think for anybody for looking from the outside would say, wow, that's a, the definition of what um, quote unquote success yeah. um, looks like. But for me, what was most important was, was significance, right? Because you can be successful, but have absolutely no significance. And so if, um, if um, your definition of success um, is, is corporate America, that's perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. But for me, um, it was important that my definition of success was something um, that had the level of impact um, and legacy um, I think, uh, particularly as an as a, as a, as a African woman who's raising um, another African um, child, uh, a girl particularly, um, mm. for her to be able to see the world in a way that, um, that wasn't dehumanizing uh, to her or to any aspect of who she is, um, to be able to say, look, you can show up as your full self and bring your power and your strength and your voice. Um, and wherever you are, you belong. I say that to her all the time. Mm. Yeah. And there's, wow, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and you say that, I really think that's, that's amazing that you share this and that you give this power to your child. That's, that's already so successful. <laughs> I really love that. Yeah, and not only, I mean, I like what you said, and we hear that again and again, right, from, from, yeah, people moving through those transitions, and what gives them energy is, you know, finding that, uh, redefining success, right, and redefining mm -hmm. it for yourself, which can look so different for, for, for all of us, right, and, um, but making it about something that is maybe a little bit bigger, right, than yourself. And I mean, your scale seems to be very, you know, very, very high, which, 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 which I already want to, you know, celebrate. But even if it's just a little bit, you know, like if it's a little bit more than just, you know, knowing, oh, I can sit in the corner office or, you know, I have this big paycheck or whatever it is, right? So, and finding that definition um, and really listening to it. Um, yeah, that's super important. 
So let me let me ask you, were there, um, I mean, it sounds all the, also smooth, right? And you said, I mean, you call it brave now, but you didn't feel brave um, back then. But were there ever, even after that weekend, moments of doubt that you had? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that there, it's probably easier to say that there were, there were not, there were probably more moments of doubt along the way than, um, than, than, um, than uh, um, the, the security of feeling uh, sure about mm. that. About okay, so, so it's yeah. the normal thing. That's good yeah. to keep on, right? Yeah. It's the normal so experience. Think, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, but I think, I think yeah. because, because I was absolutely certain in the moment that this was what I was supposed to be doing mm. that that confidence right in 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 ultimately what I knew I'd been called to do um, is what helped me overcome those moments of doubt and, mm. and 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 I wouldn't even say that they were doubt they were more fear to be honest because mm. there is this you know there was this lack of um, you know I mean as a visionary I think you kind of see the big picture right but the day-to-day -day, you know the um you know, the fine tuning, all the stuff that nobody really teaches you about, um, the stuff that you don't even, you know, uh, think you are capable of doing um, that comes up as a founder, that comes up as, um, as someone who's birthing something out of nothing. Um, those are, you know, all, all the, you know, all the insecurities, like all the aspects of all the things I, I, I didn't think I, you know, I knew about myself. Like ultimately you get to know yourself very well. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, as an example um, the day that, you know, I had to give my, my partners three months notice because, you know, because I was a partner. And so I, um, I resigned in October of 2013, um, but I find my last day was in December of uh, 2013. And I remember leaving, driving out of my, um, the parking lot at my law firm um, in New York. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I, I, can't, I can't say what I did, what I said, but I just said, <laughs> I thought to myself, yeah. like, what did you just do? <laughs> like I turned around and I looked at the building. Yeah. As if my entire life and all the comfort of, yeah. you know, by being able to buy whatever I wanted yeah. to buy, you know, I was like, this is the last time I will ever be able to drive a nice car. Like, you know, <laughs> like the entire thing, just like the weight of the decision hit me yeah. in that moment in December. And I yeah. thought, wow. But then I came home and I said to my daughter, um, she was nine at the time. I said, you know, um, you know, things are going to be a bit different, you know, for us. Uh, um, you know, mommy has resigned from her law firm and, um, and really, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing what, um, what I believe my life has been calling me to do. You know, I, 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 just, I kind of explained to her in the way that I thought a nine-year-old um, would understand. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure what she, what she would, what her response would be, um, but she just lifted her little hand and she gave me a high five. And yeah. I thought, wow, that is, that's all the validation yeah, that that's I need. need yeah. um, and, um, and so I think, you know, for me, um, one of the things I truly believe is that once you're living in purpose, I, I do believe that the universe completely aligns to manifest and to birth that purpose um, into being for you. And, um, and so from that moment, um, I started to, um, you know, get connected with, um, with all the weaknesses um, that were within myself. And what I mean by that is that the, the things I was good at, my strengths, right? Public speaking, um, engaging, negotiating, con con your writing, um, 
um, those were things that, you know, I, I knew that um, I could bring to the work that I was going to be doing um, through my nonprofit. Um, but there were other aspects accounting I, I still can't count I, if you ask me what nine <laughs> nine times seven is I still can't tell you I still have to you know I it would take me 10 minutes to sit down and go through my times tables um, to be able to get you the answer but the weaknesses or the things that I, I you know, were not my strengths um, uh, I felt that um, they were being uh, brought to support the work that I was doing and so in through different people and opportunities and experiences all of those gaps started getting filled in um, to the point where I was actually, you know, um, it was in, in, in many ways it became validation, I think, um, for the work um, that that we're currently able able to do. But certainly, it wasn't a smooth transition where um, I, I had this level of confidence from the very beginning. Um, I think, yeah. you know, as that validation started to happen over the years in a more consistent way. I started to feel, oh, okay, all right, then, yeah, this is, this is, this, this is, wor this I works, exactly. right? Yeah. And yeah, I love, I mean, exactly. I just had a conversation today earlier when people are like, yeah, right, the money, like, you know, it must be a struggle. And, you know, of course, I mean, I would say, of course, I, I remember my last business flight, right? Where it's like, oh, this, this is nice, right? I do like the <laughs> snacks and I do like the big seats, you know? I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not like, I don't like to be the one who says, no, no, I don't need that anymore. Of course it is nice. That's why you stick around for so long, right? Exactly. So there's a exactly. reason, I mean, we do. But then um, actively seeking Or, you know, that validation of, you know, and rem remembering, oh, this is why, you know, reminding yourself, yeah, like from your daughter or like you said, right, mm -hmm. like, you, you know, w whatever your faith is or even, you know, uh, yeah, like, like seeking those validations and those like, acknowledging, yeah, those kind of acknowledging that you're on the right path. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. um, and was there anything else that gave you energy? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, working, you know, when we started, I started the work with women and girls in Nigeria, um, the NGO uh, Pathfinders, and, you know, I was you know, trying to think of a name that would really reflect um, the work that we're doing. And, and somehow, you know, um, my, I remembered that my, that Pathfinder was a nickname that my father gave me when I was nine years old. He mm. would call me his Pathfinder because like I said, he would travel Uh, I think, you know, he passed away um, some time ago, but um, he had traveled to um, almost 150 countries wow. um, by the time, by the time he died. And so, and we, you know, were fortunate enough, like I was saying earlier, to be able to accompany him on many of, um, not many, several of those, uh, of those, of those trips. Um, but that name came to mind because he would say that no matter where I was in the world, where he was in the world, I would always track him down. And um, so he started calling me Pathfinder. And, um, and so when I was thinking about a name for the organization, you know, that, that came to mind and it, it just, it was, it, it just seemed so perfect because it's not only, you know, who I am and what I bring into the work, but it's also what we're trying to do for these women and girls is to help them find their path out of injustice and out of um, the, a lot of the atrocities that they have suffered um, through sexual violence and sexual exploitation. And so I think those were some of the things, you know, like having, you know, feeling like I was bringing a part of, of my father into, into mm -hmm. the work, um, bringing the compassion of my mother and the experience um, um, that she had taught me as a child to, to, to always pay it forward. Um, because I was born into a life of privilege, you know, I was educated well, um, but that's not the average day-to-day um, -day reality for the women um, 
um, that, that I serve or the women, um, the average woman in Nigeria. And, um, you know, almost, um, almost, um, half, uh, almost half the people that are living there currently um, are living in abject poverty. They're living on mm-hmm. that dollar 90 a day. I mean, food, food, food um, insecurity is, is currently one of the biggest issues that we're facing um, uh, because over 70% of the country has lost some level of income. And we know that the majority of women, um, the majority of those people will be women. women um, the same yeah. way the majority yeah. of people who are not educated in the country um, out of about 13 million uh, children are women. The same way that, you know, the majority of, of the people who are, who are subject to to physical, emotional, and sexual violence of women. And so um, I think that, you know, there's there's energy in the work as well, but there's also a part of it um, that comes from your your experiences um, and the, the positive aspects of, of, of who you've been, um, as, you know, through, through your parents, as I mentioned, but also I think through my own experiences um, as a survivor, I'm a survivor of physical, um, uh, physical violence at, um, mm. as a teenager. And so mm. I think all of that experience, um, the um, breeds a level of compassion um, that you put, that you pour into the work that gives it a level of energy um, because it's, it's you know, the, the fact that you can, the fact that you can experience life in a way that um, is totally different from somebody else just simply because of the, of the place of their birth um, yeah. or, the, or, or to whom they were born um, seems unfair in so many ways. And so, you know, part of my life's work is really ensuring that there is justice, um, that there is access, um, that, there, that there is opportunity, um, regardless of where you're located, particularly um, for African women and girls. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, even, you know, coming, you know, obviously Peggy and I, you know, were, were born and raised with privilege in Germany as well, right? And you never, I mean, I wasn't educated around this, right? I mean, Germany has its own, you know, complicated history and, and issues of dealing, you know, with um with, with that pain and that that generational trauma. But mm-hmm. just realizing, yeah, what, I, I love that what you said about that, realizing yes i was born into privilege you know and what do i do with it and do i and how do i pay it forward right mm-hmm. uh, so i think this is so inspiring i'm already inspired you know by you how to you know also get get more engaged and help you know and realizing even only acknowledging that that's that's that that we are you know the the part like that we are the part um of the world that or that it's not the majority of the part of the world who has access to all these things that we have access to. So right, yeah, yeah. and I you know, I always say that we know with great privilege comes great responsibility, mm. right? I mean, there is there is this obligation um, in many ways for you to um, you know be able to really open your eyes um, t- to see right, um, you know exactly what's going on around you um, and the idea of, of, of leaving the world exactly how you met it it's just it's, it just shouldn't be an option for, yeah. for people with privilege I think you know and I know that that's that seems like you know seems provocative I think in some ways but I think that 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 um, there's a reason why you're you're born with any any level of privilege right um, so um, there's there's an obligation in some ways I think to be able to sow that um, yeah. in a way that that bears uh, bears fruit um, and then that's from everything from from you know being a great mother right um, and ensuring that your children are are raised in a way that um, that 
potentially can change the world, right? To, to, you know, to people who choose not to have children and are doing other things and other aspects, right? Um, of, of the world and, and transforming it in, that, in those ways. Yeah, so true. So, so who, who, would, who would have inspired you, Yvonne? Because I was thinking you are so inspiring to many people. I can imagine a lot of our listeners go, wow, you know, I need to kind of dig a little bit what, what's my passion and also potentially legacy in life. But thinking about any advice um, and, and someone who inspired you, could you remember someone? Yeah, I mean, I think the first person um, I always that always comes to mind is my mother, um, because you know she she was a woman who I saw um, growing up uplift other women, right? And um, she was someone who, uh, you know, whether it was um, you know one of the things that she she taught me at a very young age, and I still continue to do now is that you know every year on her birthday, uh, she would actually. Um, you know, uh, gift herself in some way to the world, right? So whether it was, you know, helping to open a school or to, you know, build a well um, for a particular village or to um, give, you know, scholarships to eight or nine uh, different uh, women or, you know, whatever it was that year, um, her, her, her birthday present was, was the gifting of herself. And so that was something that I saw growing up, um, uh, someone who, you know, essentially said, you know, I wasn't, you know, she wasn't born out of privilege. In fact, I mean, she didn't, you know, get her first, first pair of shoes, I think until she was about 17 or 18 um, and didn't, you know, didn't come from a lot. Um, but once she was opportune to be able to do something different, um, she chose uh, to be able to pour what, she, what you know, what she had back um, into our, into, into the community. And so I think once I, once I, you know, growing up in that context, um, growing up where every day was an opportunity to make the world a better place, um, that was, you know, consistent inspiration uh, for me. And, and so I think when I, when I even started, you know, when I told her eventually that mom, I'm, I'm re I've resigned or I'm resigning from my practice. Um, the first thing she looked at me and said was, you know, it's about time, <laughs> you know, there was always this expectation, like, you know, come on already. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I do, I also don't want, um, I think I also want people to understand part of, part of the reality um, of, of that transition is, is, is not just, you know, the, the fear and the uncertainty, but there's also, you know, a financial toll, <laughs> you know, as well. That it takes. Yeah, there is, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's not, it's not, you know, all fun and games. And, you know, I think we are watching my, my meager savings dwindle every month at that point, um, where I wasn't getting any income and having, you know, to live off my savings for the first, uh, two years of this, um, of this work, I think was very, very daunting. And that's why you have to be absolutely certain um, that this is what your life is calling you to do. Because I think, again, that is what allows you or gives you the grace to really be able to overcome some of those um, bumps along the way. Yeah, and also to push through, right? Like it, it, like you say, it's so many bumps along the way and to have 
this peace of mind or this clarity around the financials. I think remember, Cindy, we spoke to one of the ladies on the podcast who said she had really had it sorted. Like you have to plan for that. Yeah. It's just not over the weekend. Oh, you know, now I go, especially when you have kids, right? You have some responsibilities as well. So you have to make this work, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think a lot of times that gets lost in, in the, in the piece. I mean, the fact that the fact that I had, you know, had, I had been a part of a successful um, legal practice afforded me the opportunity to save over the years. And so it wasn't just a, okay, well, yeah, I'm just going to leave. And, you know, you know, I still I had to make sure that certain things were in place. Like, you know, that my daughter could continue to stay in school, <laughs> you know, like there were all these things that, you know, um, that, that also had to be in place for everything to, you know, to, to, to work out, um, you know, I, you know, smoothly, I would say, but, yeah. um, but, you know, certainly I think once my savings ran out, then, you know, I think, you know, that whole, the aspect of faith um, for me became something that, um, that I definitely started, you know, to, to rely more strongly upon, right, and I think it also calls into, you know, and it bursts other aspects of who you are, so my consulting work, I think, um, started out of that um, as a necessity, because, yeah. you know, the NGO, um, the nonprofit that I was working with, you know, we, 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 were, we were trying to support, you know, support other people um, who were, who were um, dealing with much more dire situations. Yeah. And that's why it's also part of your story, right? I mean, that's, that's how I like to look at it. I mean, the, you know, the for you, the corporate America, right? And the, the, the 12 years you've been in the legal industry, you, you integrate, you, you somehow have to integrate it. You can't just cut it off and then saying, oh, now I hate money or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's part of that integration and, 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 and maybe even shifting priorities and, you know, and yeah, so... Um, so it sounds like, you know, you're, you're on a path and definitely not done yet. Um, so, you know, fast, fasting forward for three years, what, what would you like to look, look back, um, look back on? Wow. That's, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I always think of, um, of the work that we're currently doing as, um, as really creating access, right, for, for women and girls. And I, you know, for me, um, it's so important, um, particularly when I, when I, you know, when we're able to work with, with someone who has been trafficked or somebody who um, has come out of a situation of sexual exploitation to be able to see um, that person, um, you know, connect to this, uh, to this radical hope again, mm. right? Um, that those are the sort of things for me that um, I I look look back on, and I think, wow, that's that's really really great to be able to see a woman, um, you know, start to believe in in in, in possibility uh, again. And you know, I think for for us um, as an organization. Um, we're not just looking at, at poverty reduction. Um, it's it's really important um, that we're also helping to create wealth in some ways, um, and and looking at, um, at at African women as as valuable human resources um, that can pour back into their communities. I mean, we know that women do tend to um, um, invest more of their income. Um, back into their communities, into mm -hmm. their children, and, and their children's education, and so it's it's really creating um, you know um, 
legacies of, of wealth within the community itself. Um, because Nigeria, you know, um, it is one of the, it is, is, I'm from, I'm from Benin City in Nigeria, which is, has been defined as the most traffic through location mm -hmm. in, in, in mm -hmm. Africa. Right. And so there are so many women there that are looking at prostitution um, or looking at, at trafficking um, as a potential alternative to poverty. Right. And so no woman should ever have to choose, you know, between between that unless they yeah. unless that that's something that they feel empowered to be able to do. Um, but most of the women in my context um, are making um, some of these decisions based on um, based on the reality of the abject poverty that they're dealing with every day. And so for me, it's really about creating additional opportunities, creating more access um, for, for women and girls so that they're able to come, um, you know, wake up every day with a renewed sense of, of hope, renewed sense of possibility. And so for me, I think that's what I, I look at, you know, three years from now, um, ensuring that we've created this army of, of mm. women who are, who are leading um, um, in their own respective uh, communities and, you know, really becoming a force to reckon, uh, to, to be reckoned with um, in, in the space. Um, but, you know, I, um, again, it, it's, um, I think at the end of the day, um, I just want to be able to look back, whether it's in three years, in five years, in 10 years, and be able to, um, you know, to have, you know, to create a different world um, for my daughter to live in than the one that I'm currently encountering. Yeah, wow. And that's, I would say that's a, that's a beautiful wrap. I mean, one that's, that's amazing. And, and um, yeah, we, I think I can speak for Peggy as well that we wish you all, you know, all the success with this, you know, endeavor and and just um, even the the language that you used, right, for creating these possibilities for these women who, you know, that that already sounds so so much more like yeah abundant and you know it's it's not about what is lacking but it's about what what yeah what else is waiting for them which is you know. Um, yeah, another space and possibilities and um, and wealth. So thank you so much Great. for that. I don't, Peggy, do you do you have anything thank to add before you close? No, I think that was a beautiful finish. Thank you so much, and all the best, one for your ventures and the initiative. Sounds awesome. Pathfinders Initiative. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.